Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of NFL Only Better. Welcome all you listeners. I can tell you this, so before I even introduce you guys, that you and Kenny Galladay had the exact same stat line in Monday Night Football. That was zero catches for zero yards, except you got paid nothing <laughs> and he got paid $700,000. <laughs> you won that job, Alf and Mike Carlson. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Good morning, Kieran. What, a, what an intro. Me, that makes me feel a whole lot better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. An interesting performance by him. But I mean, like, I'm picking on him, but you know. Uh, best bets, gentlemen, of course. Oh, God. That whenever makes me there's feel an a argument. Worse. <laughs> whenever there's an argument over something, it always means that we'll click. And John, that's exactly what happened. Uh, I got to go first because I had a winning pick and I took your Bengals minus four. And I do believe Cincinnati clicked, yes? That's correct, Kieran. Yeah. So this is, uh, unfortunately, my one didn't pay off this week, but the, two of the three weeks so far, my my best bet has been usurped from, from right underneath my feet and they were both winning ones. So I feel somewhat <laughs> hard done by that I've had to sort of scramble to pick a secondary one and they haven't really paid off yet. So I'm hoping that nobody has selected my best bet for this week. Yeah, it's kind of like the Baltimore secondary. <laughs> yeah. I will. I will say this. Obviously, you you, you pivoted towards the Bills. Um, if you didn't see the scoreline of that game, uh, you just were shown a stats page. It would have told you that the Bills got four hundred and ninety-five total yards. The Dolphins two hundred and twelve. Yeah. The Bills had three hundred and eighty passing yards. The Dolphins one hundred and seventy-one. The rushing yards for the Bills was one hundred and fifteen. It was forty-one for the Dolphins. Uh, the Bills had thirty-one first downs, and the Dolphins had fifteen Nine, first 15. downs. Incredible. Yeah. Time of possession. As Mike always says, is a great save. 40, who will 40, 40 minutes and 20 40 seconds. Minutes. Or 40 <laughs> yeah. and uh, to 1940. Yeah. 40 minutes to 19. That's crazy. Yeah, but the Dolphins emerged victorious. If you had seen those statistics, if someone had just handed that on a stat sheet before a game and not told you the score, you would have been pretty confident in selecting that as, as a Bills victory, as yeah. a inclusive Bills win. But <laughs> a this is the game Bills we play, win. ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, I mean, I'll act under restraint and not mention the butt punt yet <laughs> but <laughs> even be just before that on the fourth and goal at the two Allen rolled out and had isaiah mckenzie wide open That's you know right, he, yes he couldn't have been more alone if he was like liz trust at an imf meeting um okay. and and Allen bounced the pass in, into the ground for reasons I still haven't been able to figure out. You know, he just short-armed it, kind of like Michael Vick used to do. All yeah, he was. He was wide open, and he did see, like, his arms, it seemed to be just one of those mad times when the arm is just, they just almost throw it into the ground. Jimmy G yeah. style, shall we say. We'll get <laughs> yeah. To that a later. <laughs> yeah, that was our other greatest greatest hit of the weekend was the Dan, Dan Orlov, Orlovsky immediately, you know, traded like, tweeted something like, you know, redeemed or, you know, set free um because jimmy g did what he did and stepped out of the end zone inadvertently for a safety um which was good for the miners because he also threw a pick six which was negated by his doing that um (laughs) but on that play i i i I don't understand the play call you know it 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 was a, a play action rollout slow developing, no receiver, you know, really to throw to, he was throwing back against the grain because his primary target wasn't, wasn't open. It's not the kind of thing you really would expect to run at the two. And maybe that's what Kyle Shanahan was thinking. They won't expect it, but the margin of error is so great there. It's, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah. And as I, as I said, hilariously on Twitter, obviously Jimmy G sexy garbage on a Monday night, but uh <laughs> It, it, it shows what I think a lot of people in San Fran have been saying that, that you know, while he is a very good quarterback, and as we said, he managed to get them almost to the Super Bowl last year, his flaws um, 
remained consistently the same in a way that if you look at the type of throws that he leads to his pick sixes and his interceptions, etc., they're actually all quite similar. He's not learning his uh, mistakes, whereas James Winston, shall we say, and I'm just picking names out of the air here, but James always found new and interesting ways to be intercepted, <laughs> to which, turn is, over the ball, which, is, yeah. which is like almost it, it, better than it, it, doing the same one. It just looked like with Jimmy G that he hadn't, he wasn't up to up to grips with the offense yet, because if you were to, you know, they were obviously trying to trade him quite quite heartily throughout the course of the summer. And he was coming off that uh, that surgery. So a lot of teams weren't, uh, they were hesitant to sort of kick the tires, so to speak. But if, if you were to believe the reports, he was just going in there. I saw one person say that he basically just had like a gym membership with the 49ers. He wasn't involved in the, in the team meetings. He wasn't involved in the scheming. He wasn't, he hadn't learned the playbook. So this is him being thrown in on a week's notice after Trey Lance's injury. And you know, they put up, what was it, 10 points they scored or something there's like that? A, so, there's a naughty, yeah. uh, raunchy high school comedy film there of like a quarterback just not learning the playbook, just there for the just there for the <laughs> ride and then being thrown in to be an NFL player, co-wrote by me and John, obviously. <laughs> yeah, we'll work on that for next week, Kieran. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll, have we'll have an outline script ready for next week, draft. everyone. <laughs> uh, I, we've got six games to go through, um, so I do want to do that. But I, I want to just uh, run through a couple of stats from so far. Uh, at the weekend, which really shows how that the 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 lines in terms of the unders are where we are kind of uh, looking at the moment. So the hit percentage of under through the first three weeks of the NFL season, uh, by the way, are uh, at the highest that they've been since. Well, I, I've only gone back to 2017, which is about 44 percent. It was always in the 40s every single season of the first three weeks. But in, so far in this season, the unders. Uh, have hit 63% of the time. 63% of the games are going under at the moment. The Bengals, the Packers, the Bucks, the 49ers, the Broncos, the Colts have all gone under in all three games. We are talking about 30 and 18. 30 games under, 18 games over. 63%. I mean, that is... That's a real One, standout. Yeah. Yeah. It's One weird. I, I did the same research but i let somebody else do the counting and they came up Thank with you. 60% but i'll oh. i'll take it either way it's, it's, <laughs> Round it down. either yeah. way it's also um dog the dogs have been 60% as well um 60% of the underdog, underdogs have won which is a, a very high figure mm-hmm. uh as well i think i i keep going back to preseason and, and practice and thinking that these teams just haven't been able to get ready under game conditions you know, between the, the limitations on contact in practice, um, between the, the loss of one of the exhibition games, uh, a number of coaches declining to play their starters uh, for fear of injury. You know, I think what we're, that's a good part of what we're seeing. And then everybody, of course, is talking about the two deep zones. But you know, two deep zones are not a new in, innovation. You know, you, you've been seeing going back to, you know, I don't know the the early days of the four three, although they weren't playing zone. But the Tampa, the Tampa two was a two deep zone. You know. um, but it is becoming harder to bust the big plays in most games. You know, unless you're like the Ravens in the last two minutes mm-hmm. of a game or something like that. Um, and that teams are having to work the ball downfield more, and that's proving more and more difficult. And more running plays means the clock runs for longer and therefore there's less opportunity to score. Like when I was looking this up as well, Kieran, you, you mentioned we were going to be discussing this at the top of the show. I obviously just did a bit of Googling myself as well. And the stuff that I found, this is just, no, I'm stealing this from ESPN. Great research, is, John. <laughs> thank you, Kieran. Thank you, Kieran. This is the most <laughs> unders, through, now it's only through three games of the season, obviously, but it's the most unders through three games since the 1968 season, was what I was told. 
and uh, <laughs> when betting was illegal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And each team, each team in the league so far, again, this is a small sample size, but each team in the league so far is recording an average of 21.4 points per game, which would, you know, if that holds for the season, which it won't, but if it held for the season, that'd be the lowest since 2006. Wow. So crazy, like that's going to, those things, those are exactly the types of things that, as we know, that the betting market reacts to. So, you know, that could be the start or it could be a continuation of a trend, but it also could represent an opportunity in the over-unders being quite low and there's being, being a lot of value in picking the, picking the over. That smart money goes against go. the trends. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, finally, tying a bow on this weekend, as John would say, because he likes to say that. Best teams against the spread so far this season, the Lions, the Dolphins, the Falcons, and the Texans are all 3-0 and against the spread. The Raiders and Saints are 0-3 uh, against the spread. So those are your teams to keep and avoid. And finally, uh, well, not finally, I have two more uh, to let you know. Uh, we'd like to give a shout out to whoever decided that they would put nine games at 1 p.m. and then three <laughs> games in the afternoon uh, for us to join <laughs> and make those three games Cardinals at Panthers, Broncos at Raiders, Patriots at Packers. Thank you. That's going to be great fun. Thank you so much for that. Um, and our last shout yeah, out goes I'll get to... home. I'll get home. I'll get home from... Uh, Don't rush uh, home, Michael. I won't. I, I'll get home in time for the very late game <laughs> on Sunday night um, and just let those pass. Uh, and a big shout out to Doug Peterson, who is now tied for the fifth most wins by a head coach in Jacksonville Jaguars history <laughs> with two wins. Congratulations <laughs> to you, sir. Doug Peterson, my boy. Um, he, we've got Doug Bowl coming up. Doug Bowl one. Um, uh, Eagles against the Jags. <laughs> We are, as I said, we've got six games to look at, um, and we're going to start. Will, will we start, guys? Will, will we go by the calendar, by how our our, our ancestors did? Uh, Miami Dolphins take on Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. I don't know. That's how our our ancestors are praising the NFL <laughs> yeah. before. Turn, turn your sundial back over. I think this show's overrun already. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are 17 to 10. The Cincinnati Bengals are 1 to 2. Three and a half points is the current spread, and the over under is 47. Um, Okay, guys, this is going to be a good yeah. one. Thursday night football has been <laughs> decent for the last. I mean, it has. Like normally, they've, it's, they've it's, enough, You you can see the effort they've made to. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is because of the new, you know, the new streaming and all that kind of stuff. The the NFL has deliberately scheduled better games uh, for Thursday night, and, and it it does show. I suspect two. Uh, well, they've announced that two is going to be okay to play his back injury. His Back, back injury, injury. Back is, injury is yeah, yeah inverted commas <laughs> yeah. is not so serious it's the first time i've ever seen anyone injure his back stand up walk and then fall down <laughs> i'm clearly concussed how he was back in the game i have yeah. no idea bad luck. um you know really it's bad like look. tua what's your name uh yeah, uh, wanna to that's it, <laughs> you know, back on the field. Um, but you know, as players say, the, the concussion is a long term damage issue, and for decades in football, you were concussed and then you got back up and played. Uh, you know, your head cleared and, and whatever, so you know, it's no surprise that he was able to continue playing. It's just the question is whether it was, you know, safe for him to do so. Those yeah, decisions um, are usually yeah. made by the by an independent doctor, though, aren't they? So they say. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, well there's yeah, an independent doctor who can pull. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they brought James Woods in from any, any <laughs> given Sunday to do the to do the evaluation. If you haven't <laughs> seen the movie, that won't make any sense. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure anyone listening to this show has seen that movie. Yeah, yeah there's, there's, there's no one listening percentage. that hasn't seen it. <laughs> 
But anyway, understanding James Woods' personality and character, even if you haven't seen the movie, it would make sense. Right. Let's try and get this train somehow back on the track. Uh, so it's three and a half points is the spread. 47 is the over-under. Dolphins are coming in. Well, I think two teams, them and the Eagles, right? Only two teams undefeated so far. Uh, Bengals up and down, play calling issues, still people able to get to Burrow. The run game seems to be just sort of scratchy, scratchy. Um, but do we think that the team that got to the Super Bowl last year or the team that's, you know, already unbeaten this year should be favorites? Because I'm a bit surprised by that line. It's that- a, so was I. So was I. I mean, and, and with all the momentum behind the Dolphins, you know, everybody's kind of jumping on that bandwagon. I think I think it says that people recognize that although they're three and oh, and I'm not going to take that away from them, you know, all three of those games have been kind of weird wins, mm-hmm. you know, games where the other team kind of let you into position to win those games rather than you're dominating them and winning, winning them yourself. And um, I think that's probably the reason why they're getting, why they're getting points. It also makes the bet really interesting, <laughs> really yeah. difficult. Like, as you mentioned at the top of the joke here and the, the stat sheet from, from Miami, that doesn't, that didn't seem like it was a stat sheet that should have won a game, but here we are talking about them on, on, on Wednesday morning with them 3-0, as you say. It's a tricky one against Cincinnati, I think. I favor Cincinnati in this one myself, but that comes with the usual caveats now that we've kind of, we have to associate with the Bengals, and primarily that's whether or not Joe Burrow can stay on his feet and whether or not he can actually get rid of the ball quick enough because that seems to be, it doesn't just seem to be, it seems to be a bigger problem than just the O-line because they reinforced that O-line quite significantly throughout the course of the summer. And obviously there'll be, you know, teams have teething problems and, you know, you're getting a, a different unit together. It can be hard to get them all on the same page at the same time. But some of it has to come down to Burrow himself that with, with this continued problem with being sacked, like he's just doesn't seem to be getting the ball away quick enough. Is he just taking too long to make his reads? Does he just try and extend plays too much? Is he playing like hero ball out there? Thinking, you know, he's the number one pick. You're like, I can sort this out myself. Just let me find Jamar. Sometimes you have to play a little bit more conservatively for the greater good, you know, and I think that um, that could be the Bengals problem. Either that or a scheming issue through the coaching, but something seems to be inherently wrong there if that continues to be from a medium-term problem into a long-term problem. That could stifle the entire season. But I think I have a bit of faith in them this week. I think they can they can take the victory. I picked them just on the money line this week. I'm not super – this is a, a, a tight one for me, so I think the Bengals might squeak at the home advantage might might be the, the, the key difference between the two sides, I think. I, I had the same feeling as John about the, their woes, but I watched the, against the Jets pretty carefully, and and Burrow is, was dancing around in the pocket right from the start. I mean, you know, the, the pressure was coming, and he was he was having to spin around, uh, go sideways, go backwards. You know, almost almost from the start. And if the Jets did that, Miami is going to put a lot more pressure. They're going to blitz a lot. Um, that's that's the way they've been playing, and they can get away with it because the secondary is getting away with. Xavier Howard gets away with more than I think anybody in the NFL. Um, just in terms of holding, grabbing on, pushing off, you know, knocking receivers down and getting. And uh, I thought Javon Holland was the best player on the field um, for Miami last week. He just had a tremendous game at, at safety. So um, they they lose that home field advantage that had half the Bills team out with heat prostration or dehydration or cramping or mm-hmm. whatever um up in Cincinnati I have very little faith in in Zach Taylor's ability to adjust during games um with Burrow and I think that's a big part of the problem 
if you take away what what might be working for Cincinnati early, they can't really adjust. So I'm 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 really tempted to take Miami in the points here. I'm also a little bit, you know, just what we were saying before about unders. It's 47.5 seems a pretty high over over under to me, but I, I'm that's going to be tempted. I'm, I, I'm watch that one and see if it actually goes down a little bit. Um, Cause if this is one of those games where if you're going to take it over, this would be a game that could produce a lot of points. Okay. Okay. Let's move on uh, to Sunday's action. Just before we do, we actually want to give a little bit of shout, something we don't normally do here, but to uh, Kieran Graham gangster, as I know him as who is running the Galway marathon and listening to us, he said that the first thing he's going to do is listen to us. So I, I hope you, I hope you're doing okay. I hope the nipples are. That's okay. that's why back. you're going. That's why you're going so long on everything. You you want to give him three hours and fifty yeah, exactly. minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, give him the whole the whole marathon sponsored by Betfair. Um, I suppose we should go straight to the the, the Wembley game. I know both you guys uh, pick games that you want to talk about, uh, but but uh, we should uh, not the Wembley game. Sorry, the London game at Spurs Stadium. Uh, Minnesota Vikings take on the New Orleans Saints seven to ten about the Minnesota Vikings. The Saints are 23 to 20. It's two and a half points is the spread in the over under is 43.5. And Mike, you'll be uh, you'll be there. You'll be our aide to camp there at the at the, the game. Yeah. You're gonna be able to yeah. from us. And and this is that's about the line I, I was expecting. Um but I think it may be flattering New Orleans a bit. Um the one the one thing that that he- makes me hes well the two things that make me hesitate in picking Minnesota um, even give it, giving the just two and a half are Kirk Cousins and the Saints defense, um, which you could put together as one one thing because one the one part of the Saints game that is working is is defense. But on the other hand, Jameis is banged up. They say he's certainly reverted to type. Um, I think a lot of that is probably Sean Payton not being there as much as as his injuries. He's this he is the Jameis who came to. Um, London with Tampa a couple of years ago, and and in that game had I don't know what it was six two two, two or three interceptions, five sacks, two fumbles, some some horrible uh, turnover count. And Kamara is obviously not one hundred percent. He's in, he's injured ribs, I think it is, and 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 you could see it. He his fumble in the game last week was clearly one of those where they hit they hit the injured bit, and you know that that shock of pain goes through and your body goes numb and the ball falls out. So I, I like Minnesota in this one with those caveats. And I don't think two and a half is enough points to switch me over to new Orleans. I would, have a, be. I would have a bit of caution about this one, just specifically because if you remember going back the past few seasons, these London games are kind of their own environment in a way. Um, and traditionally, or look, I think more often than not, at least from my memory, one of the teams tends to get blown out like you and they're they're kind of weird games like i think i remember i'm gonna be like i can't remember exact score lines now but there's been like you know 17 3 and just kind of games that were just nothing could get going the game will be taking place at like 7 a.m in terms of their body clocks and they will have just you know i know that these teams fly across the united states but now they're flying across an ocean to get to a game different time zone it just there's so many variables to to factor into this particular game that you don't have to do it for other games that I think it makes it a kind of a risky bet um, because you just honestly don't know these what these teams could be coming in in incredible form which they're not by the way but they could be coming in an incredible form and just out of nowhere put like a season worst performance in 
So there was a game a couple of years ago, Baltimore and Jacksonville, where the Ravens simply didn't even wake up until halftime. Yeah, it's it's just it's such a volatile thing. So I personally will probably be staying away from this one. But if I was to make a selection, if you know, well, I might throw it into an accumulator or something, but I'm not super confident in this one by itself. But if I was thrown into accumulator, I think the under 43 and a half is probably the best bet to go with here because that's under the assumption that one of the teams just can't get the offense going whatsoever. I, I tell you, I, I like I like uh, Minnesota in in as well. I don't think I, but I'd like Minnesota on the money line seven to ten. I don't think that's too bad when you consider the over unders nine to ten. You're getting the you're getting the favorites seven to ten, and the team that looks like the ahead yeah. of, of the New Orleans Saints right now. Just to let you know, the Saints are in town already. They they came in on Tuesday, I be, I believe. Um, I'm just trying to find. I'm just trying to see now where when when the Vikings are coming in, which I think would help them. Um, you know, this is not one of the games where you want to fly over um, on Thursday night. And uh, our ancestors know. also used to look out for Vikings when they were coming. <laughs> no, we're, we're didn't really... do you didn't do you very much good, did it? <laughs> no, no, didn't. Um, Okay, let's move on, uh, Mike. Uh, we'll catch up with that. Uh, Buffalo Bills take on the Baltimore Ravens. Four to seven about the Bills. Seven to five about the Ravens. Three points is the spread. And boy, oh boy, fifty-two point five. Well, that hasn't been happening this season, Betfair. Uh, John, you want to talk about this one? Uh, what do you got? Sorry, which game did you say? Buffalo Bills at Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> that was me. That was me. That, that was that was Mike, Mike that wanted to talk about that sorry, one. Yeah. That long well, game. sorry. Uh, again, this is this is the fear in John's face. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, like, it's, I've got two bullet points written down for that one. <laughs> yeah, is it still three and a half? Um, it's three now. It's down to three. Yeah. Um, because you know they, you always like Justin Tucker with three and a half in in any game, but the Bills. Everyone was talking about you know the skill position players going down with cramp and, and whatever for the Bills, and not having their safeties since both Hyde and Poyer were out. Um, but to me, it was Ed Oliver and um, Jordan Phillips both being out inside, you know, and and they rotate their their linemen keep them fresh, but you can't do that in Miami when you've got two guys out and they're dying in the heat. Um, so it, it's a really tricky situation. They've got offensive line problems as well, um, which hopefully, you know, for them get, get sorted. They just signed Xavier Rhodes to play cornerback because they only had three cornerbacks on the, on the roster um, with, with injuries in that game. So I, so I think Buffalo who I still think are the best team in the league are facing another tough road challenge here. Um, the problem with the Ravens, though, is that they've given up something like 488 yards a game. It's 31st um, in the NFL. They're the second worst team in the NFL in terms of yards per play. Yeah. And so, uh, so I, I kind of like Buffalo on the road, even with, with three, I like them more than three and a half. Um, and and that, that's kind of the way I will, I will go on this one. The, the 51-5, over under with Lamar on the other side. Ooh. I mean, this is a great matchup. Lamar and jo- Josh Allen, you know, compare the way they're being used. They've got similar abilities. Um, and the Ravens have kept Lamar in the, in the pocket a lot more, uh, a lot fewer designed runs for him. Um, and it's worked. I mean, he's been, he's been very efficient, um, but he has to keep up with that defense. And if Diggs, if Diggs is a hundred percent, you know, they, they should have beat Miami. They had nine. You know, you I could you can run off half a dozen things that didn't go right for them. Um, 
And if any one of them had gone correctly, they would have won the game. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I'm going to still stay with, with the Bills. Um, but I expect it to be close. John, have you fired one of your bullets there with the uh, which are Ravens stash? Or have you got two left? Right? I think, yeah, well, that's... That sticks out to me as a potential high-scoring game now, but it's a it's a very high over/under, particularly given the trends we've noticed so far this season that you talked about earlier, Kieran. But um, I think, again, I, I think I mentioned this last week as well. You know, you look you look at the calendar, you look at the schedule, and there's usually one or two games that stick out as like a good over candidate, and I think this would be it, even despite the the, the high number. Now that'll you'll get a good idea of how that's gonna if that'll click or not, dependent upon how the Ravens start the game in the first quarter, quarter and a half, because. You know, if if the signs are that they've you know figured out their defense a little bit, they're not giving up too many yards, or they just or Josh Allen just isn't really, you know, their if their coverage can kind of limit what he's able to do uh, offensively, I would say that'd be tricky. But just looking at the statistics now, this kind of screams over to me. Okay, uh, and I, as as I alluded to earlier, people, uh, you will now know that that this season we're giving the guys uh, the option of what game they want to speak about, um, in, because most of us are watching Red Zone anyway. So. Um, John, <laughs> I've just noticed the game you've gone for is the Jacksonville Jaguars and Philadelphia Eagles. That's correct, right? That's the game that you said. <laughs> That's Doug Ball. Doug Ball won. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> a so, three and O team versus a two and one team, Kieran. It's a it's a great matchup. I suppose when you say it like that, it sounds a lot better. Yeah. Um, I think, like honestly, the, the, but okay. The, well, I'm with you, John. No, I'm with you. Sorry. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Give him a break. Yours. It was a great choice. Give him a break. Yeah, I think the yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm quite interested by Jacksonville so far this year. Um, I think the, as we kind of talked about, Doug, Doug Peterson has breathed a bit of new life into this first and foremost. I think simply by not being Urban Meyer, that's just a huge difference that is so far going on in their, in their organization at the moment. And it's, interestingly as well it's him coming up against his you know visiting his former team in, a, in an away game so it adds a little bit of extra spice to it in that sense as well now the things he has to overcome or the or the you know the jaguars as a whole have to overcome is that they've not well they've not been great full stop but they've not been great on the road at all dating back to i think you know the win against the Chargers was their first road win since 2019 so that doesn't scream you know that they're going to be able to go to philly and, and get a win there as well now, how good are the Eagles is the other thing I kind of wanted to talk about. They're looking, you know, we, we talked about it briefly at the top, like the two 3-0 teams, it's Miami, Miami and Philly. Now, I don't think either of those teams are going to go on a 17-0 run or anything close to it, but it's kind of so far so good for Philadelphia. And I think their faith in Jalen Hurts is looking like it's really paid off. He's looking to be a candidate for sort of a, a, a top five quarterback in the league this year and maybe even a dark horse MVP. If, if stuff keeps going his way a little bit. Um, I think, you know, in terms of the over-under, which I have here is 48 and a half, that's kind of what I'm looking at in this particular game, just given that Jacksonville put up, off the top of my head, 38 points, I think it was, uh, last week. So there's the potential for point scoring in this one because both teams' offenses are looking pretty decent. And um, I really think that, you know, he's been written off every season, I think, or the last two seasons, but James Robinson continues to impress, despite the fact that they, you know, they got in Travis Etienne looking to replace him, or, or you know, I guess Urban Meyer did. I think, um, like I said, yeah, the potential for points is there. So I'm going to go over 48 and a half in this one in what could be sort of a sneaky candidate for one of the game, or one of the weekend's most exciting games, I think. He's over, over, over. <laughs> one two three times a lady um the um okay. yeah i i think jacksonville i mean 
it's amazing that Doug Peterson would be the coach who, you know, convinces you that good coaching is is all it takes to to turn a team yeah. around. But, you know, um, but, you know, you're seeing a lot of the same things he did in Philly when they went to to the Super Bowl um, and won and won it. Um, and Trevor Lawrence looks like the guy who we thought he would be coming out of, of college. And as you say, ATA or ETN, for some reason, they, mm-hmm. they, they call him ETN, not ATN, um, uh, is playing well. And Robinson, who was in for Urban Meyer's doghouse, I think simply because he didn't fit Urban Meyer's idea of what a running back should be in his exactly. offense, yeah. you know, um, is, is, play, is playing well. And the defense is playing really well with, with basically the same personnel except the inside linebacker spots where everyone said, why are they getting extra inside linebackers? And they got rid of Miles Jack. But uh, Oluoka and, and the rookie Lloyd are both playing really well. And it gives them a lot of, co- of coverage. And the first pick as well, Trayvon Walker's making a bit of a difference. I think. Yeah. They've got pass rush uh, from both sides, Josh Allen uh, on the other side. Mm. And to me, that's all positive. But I think the Eagles are for real in the sense that they're really strong up front um, on both sides of the ball. They they put a lot of pressure on you defensively. They have a great offensive line. That's going to be the real matchup, I think, is their offensive line against Jacksonville's deep, defensive line. And I don't like the idea that the Jags have traveled from the East Coast to the West Coast, back to the East Coast and up to Philadelphia. I mean, to me, that's, you know, it, it's like two back, it's back-to-back road games, but it's a really tough back-to-back road game uh, scenario for them. So I, I think I'll, I would take... Um, I would take the Eagles, even if it's, is it still six and a half there? Um, yes. Yeah. Um, maybe with a little hesitation with the spread, but I, but I would take the Eagles on this one. If you're doing accumulators or something straight up, uh, I, I think, and, and looking at their schedule for the they're they're now the, the NFC favorites for top seed in my mind, um, because oh. their schedule, their schedule so easy. Um, is the world ready for a Bills Eagles Super Bowl? Prepare <laughs> <laughs> something. Imagine if it was a Bills Jacksonville Super Bowl and Jacksonville won, they would tear down the statue of Doug Peterson. <laughs> uh, let's go for the big finale, guys. Sunday night football and Monday night football. John, you were keen on Sunday night football. If my notes are anything to be believed at this stage, Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers three to four about KC. Tampa Bay are eleven to ten. Uh, one and a half points is spread in 45.5. KC and Tampa both coming off slightly surprising losses. Maybe not so much for Tampa, but certainly yeah. KC would have thought that they'd roll into Indy and won. Exactly. Well, th- yeah, well, certainly they would have. That was a surprise, particularly given how Indy had started the season. But, you know, I guess they got it back. Matt Ryan got it back on the tracks there somewhat. But this is an interesting game to me as well. This is another one that jumped off the page when I was looking at the schedule for this week. Obviously, the first thing you notice is it's the Super Bowl rematch from from 2021. But the crucial difference, I suppose, is that neither of the teams are necessarily coming into this in anything close to resembling Super Bowl form. Um, the books are, I don't know, they just don't seem to have hit their rhythm. Maybe they need Tom Brady to work Wednesdays again. I don't know what the what the situation is there. <laughs> takes it off to listen to the show, John. We all know <laughs> yes, it takes it off to listen to the show. That's a good point. But like, I don't know, one and two, uh, not looking great and I, I i wanted to flag it as well but i was just you know you know you look at tom brady you just kind of you what's the thing we always think about we look you know super professional always very well prepared but you know you see a couple of mistakes creeping into his game 
particularly. Now, I'm not sure who to blame on this one. I can only imagine it was Brady, but the clock management issue in the game. Uh, well, in the two-point two point Well, in, in the two-point one, yeah. yeah, yeah, which cost them it's cost them a tie because if they, time, got, yeah. if they got that playoff, it looked for all the world. I know. Oh, he was de- in. Yeah, the defense in. stopped. In fairness, like they, the whistle was blown, so the defense didn't really. Yeah, try he's and already stop him, in but, by the time but, they stopped. That that true, play had yeah. worked. Um, I yeah, agree. Like kicking it, himself. That's my point. Yeah, it looked for all the world he was going to get in there, and uh, yeah, they just did. They were half a beat too long, and it cost them the entire game. And that's has to be on Tom. Unless there was someone in his line, unless there was somebody not ready for the snap, or it's the center and just not hearing the call. I don't quite know, but if you know, home, yeah. that's it's a tricky it's, one for Brady. Been... And if you remember, just the final thing I'll say about that is though, but like, remember, I can't remember what game it was last season, but Brady thought it was fourth down and he thought it was third down and he went for a play and you know, he was <laughs> he was surprised. That, that just seems funny. like very uncharacteristic errors that are creeping into his game there for you know, the, the best quarterback of all time. Well, well we should go to our old age correspondent and ask, Mike. that's right, it's what happens when you get into your 60s. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, he's thinking about where Giselle is right now, you know. Yeah. um, It has been uh, what they call a point of emphasis for the NFL officials to 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 zero to to call um, delay on zero, whereas used to be the clock would hit zero, then they would look up and and see. So you'd have that extra beat. Um, But we saw that quite a few times um, this week um, because of that emphasis. Um, Brady should be getting receivers back this week. I don't know what they do about their run game. I know that um, Spagnola is going to blitz them a lot, uh, but they probably know that, you know, we got a little game of double bluff going on here. Uh, I think Kansas city's defense was playing really well. Their offense hasn't, hasn't meshed yet. Um, although as I, if, if you were watching red zone and you, and you kept looking at that Indianapolis game, you would have thought that like the bills that the chiefs should have been winning, you know, by about 20 points at, at some point in the game. And they just, they just managed to throw away opportunities, you know, the missed field goal. Um, there was a play where, where Kelsey was dropped to pass and that would have been a touchdown. We, we saw a lot of that last weekend, a lot of people dropping touchdown passes. Um, so I, I kind of like Tampa Bay in this, it started with them being favorites on you know right um, on the first line on on Monday, and now now they're getting a point and a half, which doesn't mean much, but it means a little bit. Um, they're even money straight up, or they were yesterday. Eleven to ten um, now, even more. Now it's eleven to ten. Yeah. So you know, I, I'd be very tempted to go with Tampa in this one at at home, um, and the over under puzzles me at forty five five because normally you would immediately go over that with these two teams. Um, but I'm not, I'm not quite convinced on that now, but yeah, I, I'd the, still lean to the over. We talked at the, at the top of the show about the average um, points being scored uh, is 21.4 for the, uh, for the NFL team so far this year. The books are smack bang enough. The books have averaged 21 points per game, so they're not necessarily the um, strong candidate that they have been in the past for the over. That's yeah. what I would say. Well, how so many I, of the Chiefs average? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with 21.4. <laughs> yeah. Take the under. Yeah. Uh, quickly, uh, get a £2 free bet when you bet £10 worth of Akis on Bet Bill, on, on Akis or Bet Builders on the Betfair uh, Sportsbook on football only. Keep an eye out on that with some Premier League action. Uh, there's going to be lots of promos up um, on the site, a couple relating to racing uh, and some nice Bet Builder offers uh, about football. 
and a possible sneaky one for the NFL. So do, do keep an eye out on that on the Sportsbook over the weekend. Uh, they're all not up as we record on Wednesday, but uh, it's very generous offers, to be honest, uh, coming your way over the weekend. The final game that we will talk about is the LA Rams taking on the San Francisco 49ers sexy garbage. <laughs> <laughs> 11 to 10 about the LA Rams. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers are three to four, two and a half points spread, 42.5 is the over. And under, um, yeah, 49ers. Look, I mean, we, we kind of end up talking about the bit. So maybe let's just look at the Rams. Um, Cooper Cup is flying, guys. I mean, he's on he's on course to have a record-breaking season. Um, where, where do we see the Rams at the moment with their season? Because it's it, it stuttered a bit at the start, but are they getting going now? Sort of. But the dependence on Cup is, is more of a worry than a positive. You know, um, I mean, yes, he's, he's, he's having a great season, but you really want them to come up with, with additional weapons. You know, they, they got one or two plays out of Cam Akers and everyone was saying, oh, okay, now they've got a run game going. Um, I, I, I look at this game strangely, and I'm a little surprised that, that the Niners are, are favored um, are here because, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, given the way they've played, you know, and losing to Chicago and, and you know, the, the game um, against Denver, um, you would think of, but I think it's a reflection of the fact that, that they beat, they, they have beaten the Rams at home uh, consistently. And they're also five and zero again, the last five games against the Rams against the spread. Um, so I'm leaning, I'm really leaning toward, toward the, um, toward the Niners here, even, even giving the the 2.5, because, um, I I just think that their defense is going to be able to take a turnover from Matt Stafford at some point. It may be key. Now Garoppolo could throw up a few turnovers of his own. And that's, that's kind of the question mark, but I'm, I'm kind of being daring, daring here. And, if I'm right, then the over under of 42.5, you would tend to think under, you know, it would be a low scoring game. But I think that's such a low over under for these teams that, that they can probably cross it. Um, the thing that does worry me is Debo Samuel has 12 catches this season. Mm. This season, you know, you would, you would expect Debo Samuel would have 12 catches in the game yeah. Um, yeah, for them, given given their other problems. Um, and they're not running the ball with him very much, which means it's all on Jeff Wilson. And Jeff Wilson is a good but limited running back. He doesn't have that explosive cut burst that, that they really want from um, from their running back. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm arguing against myself, but I think I will take San Francisco, even giving the two and a half. The thing that worries me about San Francisco in this one, obviously we talked about Jimmy G., um, just not seeming to be up to grips with the system so far yet. He still seems to be a bit of teething problems. I can't imagine it would have changed greatly from last year, but there just <laughs> doesn't seem to be. Uh, it doesn't seem to be in rhythm. Or he said he was barely in the building, so like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I don't you, think Kyle's letting him take first team snaps still. Still, <laughs> yeah. But the other thing that worries me, uh, and I'm sure <laughs> you both will agree with this, is that you've got Jimmy G in there, but you also you're you're missing. Um, Trent Williams, which is he's the best, arguably the best tackle in football, yeah. and that's gonna. Good point. I suppose that'll be something that if you actually, if you just break that down into what that actually translates to on the field, it'll probably mean Jimmy G has maybe half a second less every play. If you average it out, maybe a second less every play to sort of make something happen. So you're giving this underprepared quarterback a, a smaller, lesser window. Uh, and as as Mike said, 
you know, they're, they're players that they need to break out this year, like Debo Samuel. It just hasn't happened yet, much to the chagrin of my fantasy football team. But <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that are concerning with, with San Francisco, particularly within the offense. So I think, um, having said, I my my pick for this one was Rams on the money line. But I think, even despite what I am what I said there, I think this had, the script that I think for this game is that the Rams get into a lead and the 49ers have to pursue them. So therefore, I think it could actually hit the over 42 and a half on this one. So that... But uh, of those two things, I'd be more confident Rams money line. But in that you know. in that scenario, the Niners are doomed because they're very bad playing from behind. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna say that like the 49ers yeah. can't play from behind. Like you don't want Jimmy G having to drop back. Um, you know, yeah, if, they have to, if they have to abandon the the play action, that they're in a lot of problems. And yeah, when they see Trent Williams out, then the Rams pass rushers. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> That, that was the howl, the howl of the wolf. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> frightened the shit. Out of me. Mike makes, makes his best bet. That noise has to come on or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe really terrifying. Like, I like the way I, I like the way I get talked out of my <laughs> my bets by the end. Of the, by the end well, of the we're show. almost at that period. In fact, we are at that period now. Um, so I'll give you a couple of moments. Uh, just dun, dun, who wants to, who dun, wants dun, to steal dun, my best bet? Who, who wants, who wants to go first and take the one I chose? I actually was about to congratulate Mike on his phone not ringing. Technically, his phone didn't ring there. He did it on purpose, but he still kind of that wasn't it. my phone anyway. What, what sound effect was that? How, do you no, I, that? I turned the ringer off on my mobile and and my um, burner, just, my, my burner that I use to take <laughs> to take the bookings to on uh, airport runs and things. Fair like play that. to you. It only took seventy four episodes, but to <laughs> <laughs> turn your phone off. Um, All right. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you, I'm going to go. Let's go best bets. Um, so I'm going to go for one that's spit out there, and it does have something to do probably I guarantee with my, you're about to take my one, Kieran. Watch, right, no, just, it's, just, no, just watch. Not. It's probably got to do a little bit with my fantasy team as well, because uh, I have both Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler has only had like 48 yards uh, through three games on the ground, which is just insane considering what he was last year, and Herbert's been playing injured. Um, and they were basically terrible at the weekend. And haven't been great through three games, but I do think that they will click. They were some people's outside bet for the Super Bowl, for God's sake, but I think we're a bit away from that at the moment. Uh, but they head to Houston, who are not very good, let's be honest. Um, and it's a must-win game for the LA Chargers, really, already at this stage. They're 4-9 to nine to win. The spread is 5.5. I think they'll cover. Um, I, I think they'll, they'll get the running game back going. I think Herbert with a week um, with those ribs healing. Um, he still threw some amazing passes, but um, yeah, I just, I just think... If they don't get it together this weekend, their season's in real trouble already. Um, so I'm going to go with the LA Chargers minus five points, and nobody reacted to that. Yeah, you you got away with that one, Kieran. I'm fine. Okay, um, that's funny because I like Houston with five and a half. Oh, oh, um, well, not my best, hell. not my best bet, but <laughs> some I, descent. Well, I, but I, I like, I like them. They cover. <laughs> I'm going to go. Can I, can I go next? So well, I you're dying to John. You're really <laughs> you go next. conspiracy theory against you. Yeah. Head on. Yeah. Go on. My best bet this week um, is to do with the team that has scored in 17 consecutive quarters of football, scored a touchdown in 17. You're Detroit Lions. <laughs> yeah. So as Mike has spoiled there, the Detroit Lions to me <laughs> are looking like a pretty decent football team um, so far this season, at least offensively. Now they're going into their, they're welcoming um, Seattle to Detroit mm-hmm. this week. And that's, to me, Seattle are trending towards being one of the, you know, the worst teams so far in the league. You know, they're not going to be awful, but they're, yeah, they're they've got some struggles. Let's just say so. The Detroit are coming into this now without DeAndre Swift, who I'm very high on. 
Uh, he's injured. He hurt his shoulder, I think. So, but they have Jamal Williams, who was taking their sort of goal line carries anyway, and he's he's been punching the ball into the end zone pretty pretty well so far this season. So I think they won't miss Swift too much. I think this is a good litmus test to see what, where both of these teams are really. But I think I, I'm going to heavily favor the Lions going to this, and I think Detroit at minus four and a half is a good bet. Well, that was possibly going to be my bet, but <laughs> that, uh, under under fifty seems okay to me on that one. Um, Although Gino you know, likes to throw it up there, Gene. Yeah, I mean they're both kind of explosive teams, and and that's you know that's the thing. But um, what's the situation with Miles Garrett in the car crash? He looks like he'll be missing a week or two. He's not seriously yeah. injured, but he'll be. Uh, I think they they released some sort of injury. He sprained his shoulder, which doesn't sound great for a defensive end. Yeah, at least he didn't bang his forehead against uh, the steering wheel and suffer a back injury, which he would have if he was driving Miami, <laughs> yeah. in Miami. I see um, what you did there. But, but my, uh, yeah, my best bet is Atlanta. Um, okay. And they're getting um, a point and a half at home. Uh, they're home dogs against uh, Cleveland. And I'll take that. The Atlanta's 3-0 and with the spread against the spread um, this season. I think they played pretty well. They're, they, they controlled the ball pretty, you know, pretty well. You can see what Arthur Smith's doing and it's starting to work. Um, Marcus Mariota and and without Garrett, without Walker, who's on IR now, um, that's a big loss for Cleveland. I think the, the pressure on Mariota will be a lot less. So I kind of like the Falcons at home in the, in this one. Um, I think the, just to throw my two cents into that one, I think, yeah, that, it was another one I was thinking of. Obviously, I'm a, a Browns fan, so I pay a lot of attention to those games. But I think this is a good candidate for the over in this particular one, which is 49 and a half, or at least it was yesterday evening. Um, the reason I say that is that, yeah, for example, what Mike said, I think the Falcons offensively are grand. Drake London is looking like a serious player. He's looking like the, at least at this point of the season, he's the best of those um, rookie receivers that came into the league, at least by my judgment anyway. But the thing that makes me think that the Browns can put up some points in this one is that, look, Cleveland are a running team and Nick Chubb is playing really, really well. But the problem for Atlanta is they're allowing 4.8 yards per carry, which is just not going to fly against a team like uh, Cleveland with Nick Chubb. And, you know, if Kareem Hunt gets going out there as well. So that it's this is one of those games where the clock might run pretty quick. So that would be the biggest thing that uh, would go against the over. But I think both of these teams are capable of scoring a bunch of points. So I'd be my my pick on this it's not my best bet now but my pick would be the over 49 and a half yeah i was really i was thinking i was looking at pittsburgh as well against the jets which i think is probably a pretty good bet the jets are getting three and a half there um but i was really disappointed that you know the jets are going to start mac will uh zach wilson um at quarterback and and it was really the week for pittsburgh to go to kenny pickett because then it would have been wilson against pickett <laughs> <laughs> I knew, like, I knew when he started talking there that there was going to be a joke. Like, I knew it was like, and that's how we're going it's to end not, the show. It's not even a joke. He just said, said a musician's name. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, that's it. Stop talking. You can also talk. I don't know what you want to say. Stop talking. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I enjoy the run through Sunday's action. Uh, if you're going to the game uh, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, do enjoy it. Hope you have a great time. Um, and if you see Mike, give him a wave and uh, show him what a meme is, will you? <laughs> a reminder to please do gamble responsibly. We will talk to you next week. Have a lovely weekend. Thanks for listening. Bye. For now.